Welcome to the podcast, FFI on Friday. I'm Jordan Rich. Today's subject is the future of family business research with our guest, Dr. Tyg Payne, professor of strategic management at Texas Tech University and the editor-in-chief of the Family Business Review. First off, can we talk about teaching during this strange new time we find ourselves in? Well, with regard to teaching, that's uh, it's like a day-to-day challenge. We uh, have really been working hard to, to not only figure out how we're going to deliver content, but what content is the most important to students right now. So historically, I've taught at all levels. I've taught at uh, the undergraduate level and the graduate level or the MBA level, most specifically, and at the PhD level. Well, the, the PhD level, that that's its own, uh, has its own set of challenges. We're, we're, that's closely tied to the research aspect, which we'll probably talk about later. But the undergraduate and graduate level, it's less about what we're teaching because the the content stays pretty uh, close to the same thing over time. But um, the the delivery method mm. has really changed quite a bit, and we're we're asked to change that method quite often. For instance, we've just been told that following Thanksgiving break, students are not going to return to campus, and we're going to continue forward with with just online so we're at being asked to change within a matter of a few weeks how we deliver things how do you think the pandemic will impact the research part of your work which is huge right the research part i've, I've given this quite a bit of thought actually um there's pros and cons to it right um the the negatives are or are kind of clear um less social interaction with fellow researchers makes um makes us probably less likely to do research with people that are more distal. We rely on conferences quite a lot to reconnect with uh, fellow scholars that are, you know, across the world. And with those shutting down, it's, it's really taken a toll. So what will that do? Make us, it'll force us to be uh, closer to the colleagues that we have on campus. So our, our focal groups will, will change and, and that's not necessarily a, a negative thing totally, um, but it's a positive. It also, the technology changes mm. will we'll be relying more, and we already have been reliant, more reliant on virtual methods. It, it's a little different than face-to-face. You can't just get in a room and bang out ideas. Um, it's, it's a little bit different, but I think we're adapting pretty well. What, what kind of hindrance for you and the people in your field is it for families and businesses and all of us to be quarantined, to be apart, to not be meeting in the usual way? In other words, you're gathering and reaping and harvesting information all the time, but this has to be an impediment. It definitely is, especially for those uh, researchers that um, rely on, heavily on qualitative methods, which are getting into the, the business, really seeing what's going on, interviewing um, different people uh, observing how the business is being run. It's it ends up being more formal than it was before, and you you kind of lose some of that richness of data by not having that kind of informality uh, associated with the research. For other scholars, um, like the research that I tend to do, it tends to be a little bit more hands off, more data driven. But even that is changing. Um, we don't necessarily get access to the data that we, we used to get. Um, and it's it's causing us to rethink how we approach everything. 
there's a question that people have about the advisors and the advisory committees and whether or not enough research has been done on their role to begin with. And where does that research stand in your opinion? Advisors are an important cog in the whole family business field. The, the, the role that they play is, is really important. Yet, I, I think that one thing that we kind of lose sight of is that advisors, their importance are not that they're involved with the family business itself, but they act as a segue or a go-between researchers and the practice that occurs in the organization. So their, their main role, from my perspective, is that ability to take the research that we do at the university level and interpret it and disseminate it to the actual practitioners. And they, that's, a, that's a really important thing that occurs. Most of us scholars, we kind of focus on the research aspect of it, and we don't do enough to disseminate that research, whereas the advisors play that important role of dissemination. And leading and, and taking the information that we have and the data that we, we, we try to gather and understand and delivering it to the family back business practitioners. So I don't think it's that we don't do enough research on advisory advisors. I think that we, we don't do well enough to explain to them how they can disseminate that, that research and understand it better so that they can do a better job of advising. So that's mm. that's kind of my feeling, and I, I, that's something we could always work on. And uh, there's never enough research being done, but we, we could definitely improve on that aspect of things. What would you like to see happen uh, at your university or others so that more advisors are in the loop, so to speak? Is there a, is there a formal method to making that happen? I don't know if there's a, a better way of doing it than what FFI is doing right now. They're doing a great job of trying to blend um, things so that we all have better conversations. And mm. the, I wish there were more organizations like FFI, not just in family business, but in other aspects of what we do, um, that are really dedicated to making that, uh, to filling in that gap. Mm. And, um, they, they've just done a, a wonderful job over my past three years that I've been involved. They just do a wonderful job of, of trying to bridge, uh, between the scholar and the practitioner, and the advisors play a really important role in that. What would you say, Professor, is a topic, an area that needs more research, more dedication? In the planning stage, what would you like to see happen? What is in the works? Well, one of the things that I've noticed, especially over the last year, is there's been a growing interest in what we call micro-foundations, which is the kind of psychological cognitive basis for decision making. And we're, we're seeing a growing number of scholars being interested in that topic as it relates to making decisions for the family business. And in fact, we've got we've been working on a special issue uh, coming up 2021, March and, and June that is uh, dedicated to micro foundations. And it's interesting that we, we put out this call for papers and we just intended it to be the March issue, but it had such a, a strong appeal to so many people that we ended up making it a double issue. So we're seeing really growth in that area. That being said, with the pandemic, which this, you know, the micro foundations movement was taking place before that happened. With the pandemic, things are shifting also towards issues of crisis management, resilience, um, innovation. Some of those things are still taking hold um, 
in response to that. So we see movement in multiple areas. Um, overall, we're seeing a lot of growth um, and, and just across the board topics from very micro topics to more macro topics. And, and that's it's an exciting place to be. It certainly is. And uh, in the research I've done in, in hosting these podcasts, I'm learning that there are a lot of people who are ready to roll up their sleeves, both advisors and family members, which is so important. There was one article, one piece in your journal that I wanted to ask you about, and it had to do with the question of uh, maintaining or innovating during times like this. The truth is you got to do both, right? You have to maintain in certain areas, but you have to to change in other areas and where to maintain and where to change or innovate uh, is always a challenging question. Uh, we talk a lot about ambidexterity is being able to do both the maintain and the kind of mm. growth uh, perspective. And that can occur in two ways. You can either do those simultaneously or you can maintain for a while and then make some advancements and then go back to this maintenance where you're shifting back and forth. Sometimes that depends on your organization's capabilities and how, how much resources you have to be able to do the flip-flop or the simultaneous kind of approach. But they're both important. How it's all going to play out, I don't know. But organizations can't be static. They have to move forward. And so you might can maintain for a while, but there's there's an effort to... Uh, you got to explore as well and look forward and see what's going to happen. And I assume that's the real super duper benefit of the research, because when you're in a family business of any kind or any business, in normal times, you can outreach and get information perhaps a little easier. But now everyone's in their own cocoon at times. <laughs> and that's right. Research is what can rescue us. Information, knowledge is power in this in this crazy time. I agree. And, and we have to be really careful about not being in that cocoon. Mm. And just trying to, to survive, but recognizing that if you stay there too long, you'll fall behind because other people are, are going to be innovating um, while you're sitting still. And uh, that's important. Professor, here's a question directed at academia. A multidisciplinary approach to consulting is at the heart of FFI's approach to the field. Yet it rarely happens in academic journals. What's your take? You know, from a family business perspective, we are very multidisciplinary relative to maybe other fields. And that's, that's a good thing. We, we have scholars in accounting and finance, marketing, organizational behavior, strategy. All of them publish family business research. And that goes to the fact that we are looking at the organization as a whole and mm -hmm. all the moving parts that go into that. Um, we are founded, at least Family Business Review is founded in more management research. And that's mainly because when we look at the managers or the owners and that that dynamic that is the family, we're, we're really concerned about decision making and how, how decisions are made for the organization as a whole. So we do have that founding uh, management basis, but on the whole, I think we're, we're really multidisciplinary, um, at least in our, in our associate editors, I have, uh, I have, editors that are looking at scholarly papers in entrepreneurship, innovation, human resources, mm -hmm. brand management, 
um, all, all different types of topics. And it's, it's, it's very broad, but it all comes back to how those things are managed, how decisions are made in those areas. And as you said earlier, pivoting and, and resilience and coming up with new ways to do the old things that we can't do now because of physical limitations, it's all there. What advice do you have for anyone entering the field you're in as a scholar? You're not an old dude, neither am I, but we want to at least pass along some of our wisdom. How would you do that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you say that, but I'm, I'm, I'm about 20 years into this profession, so I've been doing it for a while. Advice I would have to young scholars is get get to know some established scholars and learn. Uh, don't try to go on your own, but uh, find some some people that uh, you can work with that have common interests that you get along with well, and take the time to learn from them. We we're very much like an apprentice like. Uh, situation where you you work under the tutelage of somebody for a period of years hmm. before you go out on your own. And honestly, I can't find, think of a better way to really learn this this profession, except under under the advisement of somebody that knows what they're doing. Likewise, people who have been at it for a while, I'm sure you're picking up all kinds of tips and ideas and and theories and ideas and practice from younger people because the world is changing so quickly. Definitely. And <laughs> and it's, it's, it's mutually beneficial when you have uh, more established people that kind of have some experience, but also some some younger people that are going to push the envelope. And that I would say that's the same as like in family businesses. You've got multiple generations and they both bring something good to the table. And if working together, they, they can come up with something better than they could separately. Well, thank you for your time. And I'll put a capital A on the word attention to these issues because people need resources. And this is exactly what uh, FFI is all about and what you're all about. So great to have you aboard. And you're down in Texas. How are things going down there as we speak to you today? Things are, are going actually pretty well. I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy with how our school systems are running things. Uh, I have two children that are young and that's been a real challenge this year for a lot of people, but things seem to be turning around pretty well and uh, we're managing it and we're optimistic, so it's good. Many thanks to Dr. Tyg Payne discussing the future of family business research. He's professor of strategic management at Texas Tech University and the editor-in-chief of the Family Business Review. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Jordan Rich. For more information, you can always visit ffi.org. Have a great day.